Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So glad to be here with you today. As always, the music in the background is from our good friend, Mr. John McLaughlin. Make sure you've got a copy of his album, Angst and Grace. We have just concluded what ended up being one of my very favorite series. You guys loved it. I loved it. How fun to have so many couples on. I loved getting to introduce you to my friends of all sorts of different types of couples, married couples, working partnerships, best friends. It just was super, super fun. Hey, if you have, I can envision a world where we do another couple series in 2020. So it's never too early to plan. If you have a couple that you'd like me to invite on and you want to hear both of them at the same time, just let me know. You know how to find me. I tell you every time. I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Just find me, Annie F. Downs, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. And let me know who you think uh, you would love to hear in our next couple series next February. Today on the show, this is a really special one. A few years ago, I met Winter Pitts at a conference and we just remained friends um, through the years as we both kind of served uh, different groups of people, including teen girls. Her husband, Jonathan, is a pastor here in Nashville at Church of the City, a church that I love and support and think super highly of. And they moved here in July. And then Winter died tragically a few weeks after they moved here. And the day that she passed, that afternoon before she passed away, Jonathan turned in the final draft of a book they had written on marriage called Emptied, Experiencing the Fullness of a Poured Out Marriage. And so... I thought it was really appropriate and really mattered to me that we end the month of couples with a couple that I really like. And sadly, it is only Jonathan here, but it is a beautiful conversation that I think you'll really enjoy hearing from Jonathan about his life and about winter. We talk a lot about my friend Winter Pitts. So here is co-author of Emptied, Jonathan Pitts. Thank you for doing this today. Yeah, glad to be on. Really excited. Um, my wife talked about you a significant amount. So oh, thanks. Um, yeah, glad that you got to know her. And Yes, yeah, I did. Love I so. loved her. Um, I have this very clear memory of being at a teen girl conference last February in Dallas. In Dallas. Yeah, therefore. And I turn around and Winter is running toward me. And she's like, <laughs> I think you're leaving, but I want to hug you first. And I was like, I didn't know you were here or I'd have found That's you funny. too. So it was really, and then we messaged right before y'all moved here. I remember saying to her something to the effect, I don't remember the exact wording, but something to the effect of, we will see each other when we're in the same city. I can't wait. Yeah. And, um, and I'm sorry we didn't get to. Yeah. So. Me but, too. Me yeah. too. But I'm glad you got to know her a yes. little bit. And yeah. Uh, my daughter just sang at that conference. Yes, um, like that's what last I heard. week or two weeks ago. How'd yeah. it go? Did it go well? Really well. Therefore, yeah. is a really special conference to yeah. me for teen yeah. for teen girls. I think it. I think they're doing what what teens really need. Yeah. So yeah, deep stuff, it. not surfacey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still sing Disney songs sometimes because yeah. everybody. I mean, the Katie Pestless that leads worship there sounds like a Disney princess, mm. and so she just goes for it. It's awesome. I love it. Um, how long have y'all been in Nashville now? Let's see. Uh, Basically, we moved here July 9th, but we really didn't move here until yep. um, second week of August. So like, what's that, six months? Yeah, okay. Yeah. For you, I mean, I, 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 there is no way to separate the loss of your wife and moving to Nashville. Yeah. But how has Nashville been for you? Yeah. There's no way to separate it because I really, it's a big word, providential, but I feel like God has been really providential in my life in, in making this happen at the time yeah. he did. Like winter was able to sign off on 
pray with me for like get excited about this move and then we'd actually go back to dallas for um a week before f- officially moving here we already yeah. bought our house here but officially yeah. moving here and so now i look at it as a place of healing and newness yeah. Yeah. and you know if i was in dallas i worked with winter's family and for many years and so it all changed at once and i think it was the best and healthiest thing that ever happened for Man. for me specifically and even for my girls to be able to think about what does life look like you know beyond that season yeah um which is funny that winter's name is winter because she was certainly a season yeah so that's right i um will you tell us how y'all met yeah we met in college um we met at a party it was one of my good friends um like frat houses and i was at the party with him and she came with one of her girlfriends and they introduced us and I remember seeing her like a year earlier walking on our college campus at Drexel University. Really? And I thought to myself, she walk, she would walk by my dorm as I walked out, like she was coming back from a class as I was walking to a class. And I remember thinking to myself, she looks really stuck up. But <laughs> And I would tell her that. She knew that. So, But she was beautiful, but she looked yeah. like she was on a mission. Like she didn't look up. She didn't care about what was going that on. That's just kind of how she walked, yeah, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. I mean, I, as long as I knew her, that's yeah. how she walked too. <laughs> so when I met her for the first time, I knew who, I just knew a little bit about who she was. I just knew sure. she was this pretty girl that walked by me all the time. Yeah. And um, so I we just ended up exchanging information and I never called her. And then. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. Yeah, this hold is on, a longer story. <laughs> no, I like it so much. But what do you mean you ended up exchanging information? You like. Here is my number. Here is your. I mean, y'all were starting being friends, yeah. and then you're like, "Can I get your number?" No, it was like one of those like I wasn't really like because we were in college the same year, yeah. so we didn't have cell phones hardly. Yeah, did I have a cell phone yet? I can't remember if I had a cell phone. I yet. mean, I had one that was in my car, yeah. but it wasn't how I talked to my friends. We called each other's dorm rooms or yeah, each well, other's this, apartments. This would have been two thousand. I had a cell phone. This would have been two thousand. Okay. And I think I had a cell phone at that point. Okay. But anyway, I got her number. She got my number. And you I never, didn't call. I didn't call because I think I was just <gasps> nervous. And so she found out, she had a class kind of adjacent to one of my classes uh-huh. in, uh, in the same building. And so she knew I would, I'd be coming out of a class at a certain point. And one time she just stayed there. At a girl. Uh, actually, she would pass me and I would say hi. And she'd keep, we'd keep walking by each other. Eventually she stopped <laughs> me and said, why haven't you called me yet? And <gasps> I was like, I don't girl. know. So I called her and went to Monsters, Inc. And I knew at Monsters, Inc. that I was going to marry her. <laughs> You're lying. No, I'm you knew serious. at the first movie. Yeah, first date. Because she liked it to, so much? I knew at dinner before the movie. We went to this place called The Firehouse, I think it was called. So at dinner, I knew that she was the girl I was going to marry. So she didn't know. Why? What did she... She didn't know? I don't know. There was just something about her. And you know, the more we talked, the more I realized we had in common. And um, I don't know. Everybody says yeah. you know when you know. Now, I haven't gotten to get married yet, so I don't know what yeah. I've known. But yeah. you just knew. I just knew. The interesting thing about our whole February, the theme of having all these couples, mm-hmm. and they were all Christian couples is it is amazing how themes pull themselves out. Yeah. But everyone was like, I was running after God. I was doing my thing. And the woman would say, I was doing my thing. And then there was like a God-inspired yeah. moment. Well, I certainly wasn't up. running after God. And she wasn't at that point really running after oh, God. Oh, really? We were kind of running in our own lanes, doing a little bit of our own thing. And God would really use each of us to kind of pull us back. I would just say like I was a lukewarm very lukewarm okay. Christian. So I was kind of in the gospel choir and I was in the gospel choir kind of doing my own thing and just yeah. trying to figure out, I grew up in a Christian home. So for me, it was like, let me feel like, let me go see what the rest of the world is really about. Interesting. And okay. Honestly, I just found everything else to be a little bit lackluster in the sense that without God, it was just, it was, but it wasn't yeah. defining. So yeah. anyway, meeting her would, would be a game changer for me in terms of like seriousness about my faith and um, seriousness about like a future because at that point I was just kind of going through the motions in college and doing yeah. what a lot of us did in college yeah. just 
enjoying myself and then realizing, oh, it's not really that enjoyable. Okay, you know? so tell me the difference between uh, meeting a woman like Winter that draws you yeah. towards the Lord versus who you would have been anyway. I was living a life that I knew was kind of hypocritical to everything I believed. Got it. So when okay. I met Winter and we started to talk about our own faith journeys, so we had kind of both wandered away from that a little bit. And so meeting Winter, um, we had very similar backgrounds in that, but we both had this desire to want to know God kind of at a deeper level. So I think there was just something in each other that drew us to back to God in a way that, you know, if I would have... At that point, I wasn't dating a bunch, but I had girls in my life that were interest, interested in me that weren't interested in my God. It was That was kind of a little oh, bit less attractive, interesting. I guess. Interesting, so, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. No, no, that's no, no that's of, really good. Yeah. I really like it. I just think it's super interesting to think about when we are looking for a partner, when we're dating, when mm -hmm. we're doing all that, knowing who you are matters as much as knowing who they are. Yeah, absolutely. And, and knowing what you want matters as much as... And so then y'all go and see Monsters, Inc., and you're like, this is it. Yeah, and I think girl. the next couple of months, we realized that where we wanted to go was the same direction. Ah, and so we started okay. like challenging each other, even to the point where she challenged me, and I, I didn't really want to be that deeply challenged. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. We just started driving each other like towards God. Yeah. And anyway. It was, ah, I love that. But, but it wasn't my intentions. I, I, I literally feel like it was one of those moments where like God just threw like piece of his grace in front of me, a big yeah. piece of his grace in front of me. Yeah, her, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of pressure, I think, in Christendom, particularly in your 20s, probably more than yeah. now for me, of do, if this isn't the right guy, what are you doing? But right. it's like, no, what if y'all dated for a little bit? Right. And like saw, you you and Winter had to spend time together dating before you realized you were pointed in the same direction. Yeah. And that is okay Yeah. for people to walk that and figure that out as they go. Yeah, and what's funny is I knew that I wanted to marry her, but there was a lot that needed to be worked out in terms yeah. of like, we're just trying to, you know, how many kids do you, uh, literally Winter wanted to be a barista in Italy up until the day that she met me. Oh my gosh. She was going to graduate from college in 2003. We were in a five-year <laughs> program, like literally a five-year, we, we didn't make it five years. <laughs> right, right, right. And she was going to graduate and go be a barista in Italy and just kind of drink good coffee and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff and I was going into the military I was on an army scholarship but my scholarship I was basically medically discharged okay so God just kind of interrupted our lives with each other and I had no desire to like I wasn't thinking about getting married or having kids it was just like you know so anyway it was just a big interruption yeah and, but it would take us a few months to realize the values that we really shared in common. Yeah. And um, it was, I don't know, it was a beautiful time. Yeah. It was a beautiful time. That's really fun. I think that's so good to think about how much it matters, how much we need to let time. Yeah. I sat yesterday and made a list of things that I learned in my last relationship. Mm. And I thought, okay, if I can take these three lessons yeah. into the next one, I will be better. Yeah. And one of them was time always tells. Wow. Time always tells. Yep. Right? And so if you can, instead of feeling like you have to know things today, if you can be patient and, yep. and self-controlled and guard your heart to the degree that you let time speak in, yeah. time will tell you. A lot well, of things. It's interesting that you say that because for me, like the, my my tendency in my grief right now is to kind of run as fast as I can forward, like trying to figure out the future and all that. Yeah. And I'm I'm a 38 year old guy, so like there's in my mind there's a future for me even beyond winter, which yes. is hard to say. It's hard I to know. say in one in one breath and feels like disloyal, but there's like this reality. But like my word right now is wait. Like God's yeah. just like just wait, and that's not just relationally. That's just wait in general. Like. I'll show you kind of what I have for you. I showed you before. Like you weren't trying to do what I had for you and I showed you before right. and I'll do it again. So 
Yeah. Man, that is. Um, what's your Enneagram number? I'm a three. Of course you are. <laughs> Welcome to Nashville. I get people get onto me so much because we have so many threes and sevens. I'm like, I'm so sorry. That's You're just who lives here. Oh yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Yeah. I mean, just right. a hard seven. Yeah. But to me, threes and sevens are two of the numbers that we don't want to sit in anything. A five. Yeah would love to feel pain for in a four yeah. they could be fine in their I can't case do it. i can't do it yeah. like, like, my counselor go. my counselor told me it was really eye-opening for me he said in grief people have a tendency either to stay in the past and wish they had what they had before or rush into the future and you can only really experience god in the present he's mm. like so as much as you can stay present you'll experience like a lot of things that you wouldn't experience if you're running ahead or you're staying behind so right. i've really just tried to be present and being present means a lot of waiting for a guy that's trying to run to the future. Yeah, you know, so. and a lot of waiting for someone who's in pain. Yeah. If you don't mind, for our friends who are just meeting you and maybe weren't already friends with Winter like I got to be, will you tell a little bit of what happened? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, should I tell, talk a little bit about Winter too, just so they yeah, know? Yeah, go. so Winter was this, uh, she's a nine, by the way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Winter's a yeah. nine. So laid back girl. Until she knew what she wanted, she was cool just to kind of wait and yeah. relax. and. So anyway, and threes and nines go together great. Right. We, yeah. we did. Yeah. It was hard trying to figure out how we go together great That's for a it. while, but yeah. we, I figured it out. Um, we figured it out. So uh, Winter grew up in Baltimore, inner city of Baltimore, single mom, raised by her single mom and her grandmom. Her dad was a drug addict, and um, we met in college. And Winter, what's funny is with Winter, I thought as a nine, like I thought she was kind of like a little bit more of a lazy, I would say lazy as, yeah. in my immaturity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like I didn't see her like going after anything. Right. Like I would go after right. stuff. And um, so anyway, she's a mom of four girls. Our oldest is now 14, Alina. We've got a 12-year-old named Caitlin. Olivia and Cameron are nine. Yeah. And um, and those are also your children, just to be clear to everyone. <laughs> they are my children. They are <laughs> yeah. my children. She didn't have those yeah. before you. Those are y'all's children. Yeah, yeah. so she uh, basically went to... Uh, at one point came home to just raise all of our girls. Yeah. Um, after we had two, she came home to be with our with our twins. And what was she doing for work? She was a grant writer, which okay. she hated grant writing. <laughs> but what's beautiful about it is it taught her how to really be um, disciplined in writing. Yeah, and, and so, persuasive. Yeah, so yeah. she came home like, why am I coming home? I feel like God's telling me to come home. So she came home. And it really and can would be... Can you say how she related to Priscilla and Crystal? Yes, yeah, she's first cousin. So Dr. Okay. Evans, Tony Evans, Priscilla and Crystal's dad is... Br- is her dad's brother. Okay. He's her dad is the baby, the youngest brother. Okay. So, and is he was he in her life ever? He was around because their family is just such an amazing family that they kept him kind of around. And okay. even like her mom like kept him in their lives to where okay. like Priscilla and Crystal and them didn't even have any idea that like that Winter's mom and her dad weren't married because he was oh. just around at family events. Wow. Winter's mom is the most gracious, loving, forgiving woman I know. Yeah. And like her faith alone is like this huge. Um, proof that there's a God and that God is good. That's and right. it really allowed my wife, it gave her, she didn't understand it early on, but when she began to understand what her mom was doing, like she just appreciated it so much. Yeah. And um, anyway, beautiful thing. So Winter comes home and Winter, out of a necessity for having resources in the life of our girl, she begins yeah. to create them. And so she became like this, I don't know, like this thoroughbred in creating resources yes. for young girls. I, ministry amen called, to that. Yeah, yep. ministry called for girls like you. And so um, anyway, she was well into that and, doing um really really well with that the day that she died she was actually writing her last book called um i'm yours a prayer book for girls ironically really yeah yeah so she was like 70 percent done which is done now yeah i, I was I gonna to say did you finish that. it yeah. yeah so good man actually she had uh this was july 24th of 2018 um y'all already bought your house in nashville we bought our house in nashville went back to dallas for a week i was finished got my role i was the executive director for tony evans for his national ministry yeah. her uncle and she was finishing up her book and she texts me and she's like hey i don't feel well but I have to get this book done. Can you just make sure that you're on tonight? Which just meant like, I need you to put your phone down and take yeah, care of the kids. Yeah, yeah. 
And so uh, what's really crazy is um, our marriage book emptied. Like I turned it in at 3.45 the day that she died. So at 3.45, I turned it. Last thing I do before I leave my office, I go, um, had car situation. I did, had to pick up a car because of our transition and stuff. Yeah. And I get home and about a couple hours later. And she went and laid down to take like a nap. And I was cooking dinner. She loves a nap. Loves a nap. I love that about winter. Yeah. So she was taking a nap, which was normal for her, especially yeah. on a summer day where she's with the girls all day. Right. And we were running a million miles an hour. And uh, I would do dinner for the girls. And I'd walk in. I'd get ribs from Costco, which I'll probably never buy again, just yeah. based on that day. Yeah, um, I believe it. And I went, left the kitchen, went, peeked into the bedroom, said, hey, do you want to eat dinner? And she's like, no, I think I'm going to rest. I just need to rest a little bit longer. I said, okay. So I went back, ate dinner. Go back in the room at about 7.30, 7.40. And um, uh, I'm going to the bathroom just to get floss for the... Uh, rib stuff. The ribs. Yeah. And she sits up and then she kind of slouches over. And it just looked awkward enough where I... Because th I thought she was just like laying back down. Like she didn't want to get up and just kind of tossed herself back over. And bottom line is she um, had a, a heart failure. And her basically... Her heart stopped pumping blood, which means she stopped getting oxygen to her brain, which means that she would have gone unconscious. Yeah. And what's great is, is that Winter left this earth as peacefully as she lived in it. Like yeah, she left it in a peaceful beautiful. way. And it was more traumatic for me because I'm obviously trying to save her life. And three of my girls were there. And so we've had to deal with all that. But um, anyway, she left really peacefully and without any fight um, on her part. And it was the most unexpected thing ever. And it rocked my world and changed my life. I, I, what's weird is I don't know when the emotions are going to come. Like right now I can talk about this and I've processed it a bunch, but um, yeah, it changed everything in a moment. And we were already moving. So like my whole life has now changed. Like my wife, everything, my, everything. Yeah. Except everything. my girls. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for telling us that. Yeah. Will you tell the story of Alina in the hospital, what the nurse said to her? Yeah. So it actually was a, a surgeon. He's oh, okay. a really good friend of ours. Cause y'all, I mean, y'all took, Winter went to yeah. the hospital. So Winter's on her way to the hospital. I'm in a car behind her with a neighbor of... We were at Priscilla's house. Yeah, I was wondering. I I, I just was thinking, where were y'all yeah, staying? Y'all staying at Priscilla's? It wasn't her... Um, the house she lives in. It was the house that she had just moved out of. And it was okay. still furnished. So we just oh, were brilliant. staying there. And it was a house that we raised our kids in. Like our kids did oh, bath wow. there. We have pictures all over. And it was yeah. a really comfortable place for us. Yeah. So we're staying there for the week. And um, so we're, I'm in a car behind the ambulance. And I'm just texting friends. And there's a couple, Greg and um, Val Gorman. Okay. She's a surgeon, but he's on the board with me at the school where my kids went to school. And so I text them because Winter and I were supposed to go to dinner with them and then hang out with them for a few nights at a medical conference in downtown Dallas. And we're going to her hospital. So I'm like, hey, be praying for Winter. She's not breathing. We're on the way to the hospital. So I get to the hospital and literally within minutes, Val was there. And I remember seeing her. But she, I was going in to be with Winter, I think. And this could all, my, my timing could be a little sure, bit off. Sure, but sure. I'm going in to be with Winter, or I'm waiting for to see Winter. And Val just goes by me. And so Alina, um, who, Alina knows Val really, really well. And so Val like walks up to Alina. And she's the surgeon of this hospital, one of the general surgeons there. And she, she grabs Alina by the shoulders and she goes, I want you to know something that I never want you to forget. You serve a big God. Just grabs her by her shoulders. You serve a big God, a big, big God. Don't you ever forget it. And that would stick with Alina to the point where, you know, Alina wrote about it, I think, on her Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it's, I mean, the uh, day she talked about winter passing, she said that yeah. on her Instagram, yeah. And what's beautiful to me is, okay, so most people don't know this about winter. You probably don't either, but she was kind of a germaphobe. And no, I didn't know that. She literally, every house we ever bought, she prayed for a new bathtub because she would not take a bath in a bath that anybody's <laughs> ever taken a bath in before. Really? Yeah. So winter! <laughs> what's, what's crazy is the house that we lived in in Dallas uh, was closest to the county hospital, which was yeah. like, you don't go to that hospital unless you kind of want to die kind of mm -hmm. that was a joke mm -hmm. so we were on our way to that hospital but for some reason they rerouted us to this new um 
Baylor Hospital in Waxahachie is the town, um, the opposite direction, and it's literally a brand new hospital. Wow. And like, I just know like Winter, like knowing Winter, she'd have had these like conversations with God, like, okay, here's one of my terms. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to the new hospital. So not only was it a new hospital and it's yeah. clean, but like one of our really, really good friends to this day who I saw over Christmas break, we went back, like is the surgeon there that got to yeah. speak into my daughter's life yeah. in a way that nobody else probably could in that moment. Yeah. And uh, that she'd even have the poise as a yeah. physician to be able to do that. Like, it's just a beautiful thing. And just one of the many hundreds of things God's done just to kind of show me he's in it. I don't know it. I don't know why. I can't right. explain why, none of that. But like, I just trust that God is in control. Yeah. So. How do you say to people the difference between God causing something and God allowing something? I don't, because I don't know. I Honestly, I don't, I, you know, I could come up with some theological answer, but I just, like for me, I just see the evidence. Okay, this is how I would say it. In all of it, I see the evidence of his goodness. So even in him taking my wife off this earth, I see the evidence of his goodness in the fact that I was able to be married to her for 15 years and 27 days, like to be able to get past that point. I see the evidence of it in the fact that I was able to actually surprise, I was able to surprise my wife with the biggest surprise on her anniversary and that we made it that that long before her passing. I see that evidence in the fact that she was able to get all of her girls to um, age nine, which I just heard this uh, like last week, but like at age nine, like you're really like the consciousness of a person is kind of at that point, not done, but it's, you pretty much, it's in them. The nurture's like, done. Yeah. yeah she, like she was ways. able to do that with all of our girls. Like our yeah. girls weren't infants. And yeah. um, I see it in like the fact that this book that we wrote, which we have feel like we had no business writing a marriage book. It, you know, we're in 15 years in, like we've only been married 15 years but that God allowed me to turn that in the day that she passed. It was him reminding me that I get to decide when the book is closed. Mm. And it was just massive for me and just being able to grab onto something. Like it's almost yeah. like a part of me feels like, am I making this stuff up? And I look at it, I'm like, I'm not making it up. I actually turned a marriage book in the day that my wife died. Right. But we made it 15 years and she got to write it with me. Like, and there's tons more of things like that. The surgeon being there. Like there's so many of those moments. Winter being in Priscilla's house. Um, Alina was auditioning for the uh, Kendrick Brothers next film and she was mm -hmm. really close to getting the role. And Winter couldn't understand, like, why didn't she get this role? And the reality is, like, it wasn't her yeah, role. Man. And can you imagine if they were on set, like, during that time? There are all these things. Um, and the fact that she was in Priscilla's house, a place that she was comfortable. Like, there are all these things that I look at. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm making it up. I don't know. But, like, uh, I'm certainly 100%. glad. No. <laughs> I'm certainly no. glad to have all these things that are just reminders that I don't understand why, but I see God's goodness, like, yeah. as a thread throughout the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I affirm you 100% you're not making any of this up. Mm. I think one of the gifts... God gives us if we want it is a belief that he is moving. Yeah. And so if we hold on to that, I think, which is what you and Alina are doing. I mean, when I talked to Alina at if gathering, I just thought she's choosing to hold on to God. Yeah. And because y'all are choosing to hold on to him, you are seeing what he's doing. Yeah. And that's for me, like one of the greatest things I'm learning right now is there's this huge chasm between like you think about sorrow and joy, right? Huge chasm between the, two, yep. between, the, between the two. But one of the things I'm really grateful for as as a follower of Jesus is that we can actually hold both at the same time. Yes. Like I, if you would have told me a month before, a day before, a week before, like what, what your wife's going to die, what are you going to do? Like in my mind, I'd be grabbing on to as much sorrow as I can. But I've been able to experience like all that deep sorrow, but at the same time, like deep, deep joy and deep gratitude for what yeah. I have. It's just like this, the paradox is so crazy. But um, I feel like, God really brings those things together. And so we, co we can coexist in the chaos, like forget death, like just the chaos of this world. And, yeah. You know, why would a good God, you know, all those all questions, those, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. I'm a big like Ebenezer Stone person of mm -hmm. like market, market, write mm -hmm. it down, remember God, yep. choose him. And the idea that y'all have a book 
about the first 15 years of your marriage. Yeah. Like what a what an Ebenezer Stone that yeah. you like have a your daughters yeah. get to read an entire book about y'all's marriage and see it in a way that they wouldn't have seen it as yeah. kids anyway, but really see it. I mean, I just think, man, you should like keep like 20 copies for each of them and just keep handing them every yeah. year. <laughs> well, not even, not only that, were you, you weren't at the funeral, right? It's all like, no, a, I watched it you, online. Did you watch it? Yeah, so I did watch at, it. at the funeral, one of our two pastors basically used each one of winter's resources for girls just to share. This is what your mom thought about you. This, yeah. So we have not only documented our marriage for them, but, every one of her thoughts about each of our girls, like stories about them yeah. and then applica biblical applications based on their stories. Like yeah. they will not have to want for what, they won't have to guess what their mom thought about them yes. or what she wanted for them. Yes. And it's a beautiful thing. So we wrote a parenting book. Like the first book I wrote was a co-author with Winter. It's called She Is Yours, Trusting God As You Raise the Girl Again. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. And it was based on a prayer we wrote called She Is Yours. And the bottom line is I have that prayer up in my bedroom, like hanging up. And it's this reminder, like, it's almost like when winter passed, like God's, it's like winter was saying to God, like she is yours and I trust you with her. Like, mm. even when I'm not even here, like I have to trust, like it's hard to trust when you're a parent and you're here, let yeah. alone when you're leaving your kids behind. Right. And so it's just been, there've been so many of those things. Um, and for me, like it's comforting to know that, uh, man, I, I could go on and on with these stories. Yeah. But it's just comforting to know that she was able to just sear all of these different thoughts and memories and prayers. I mean, I've got mm -hmm. prayers for days of winters for our girls, for our marriage. Yeah. I've got one on our wall that it, it's basically, uh, she's talking about it's God's work. Like may, may people never look at our family and see us, but may they only see God, that God mm -hmm. is working. And that's kind of what I see. I don't know why it feels like our family in this situation right now is a, it's kind of like, it's an elevated picture of God. Maybe it's not elevated. Maybe everybody's just like this. Um, but like for me, it feels like an elevated picture of the goodness of God in loss and mm. anyway. And holding them both. Yeah. And holding I mean, them that both. Is sorrow a and joy. Beautiful sentence, an elevated picture of the goodness of God in loss. Mm. I think that is a thesis statement to, Let me write to that live one. About. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have it. We're recording it. So it's right. it's not going anywhere. Oh yeah. Don't worry. All right, friends, just interrupting Jonathan for a second to tell you about our sponsors for the show. First of all, Rothy's, you guys, I got my own pair of Rothy's. They are so cute and so comfortable and they're sustainable and really comfortable enough for everyday wear. They're the cutest pink flats. I love them so much. If you are also ready for the most comfortable flat you've ever worn that you can wear all day for any occasions, this is the shoe for you. They are making flats from recycled water bottles and they are so cute. Y'all are going to love them. So Rothy's is like an everyday flat for you gals for the life on the go. Stylish, classic, comfortable. And it comes in four styles, the flat, the point, the loafer, and the sneaker. For women and girls, I got the pink point, and they are so cute and so – I mean, I literally put them on and did not want to take them off. My sister was with me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, look at these new shoes I got. And she pulls a pair out of her suitcase as well and was like, they're my favorite. And I had no idea. It is just amazing. I love them. You've got to check these shoes out. It's going to blow your mind that they're made from recycled plastic water bottles because they're so soft when you put them on their feet. And they have reached almost 20 million recycled plastic bottles, which is amazing. And they're machine washable, which is important because, you know, feet. 
So I love my Rothy's, and I know you will too. So right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for my friends. If you use the code SOUNDSFUN, you will get a free shipping with no minimum. So go to Rothy's.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com, and enter SOUNDSFUN to get your new favorite flats and free shipping. It's a no-brainer. The shoes are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable, and with free shipping. So go get yourself a pair today, friends, Rothy's.com. And remember, the code is SOUNDSFUN. So hurry and get this deal while it last. PrepDish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. And when you sign up, you'll receive an email every week with a grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time. After only one to three hours of prepping on the weekend, you'll have all your meals ready for the entire week. You'll save time and have amazingly delicious meals like smoky paprika chicken legs with a trio of roasted vegetables or a turkey and zucchini lasagna that I have loved. In addition to gluten-free and paleo meal plans, Prep Dish is now offering keto meal plans, which I think is so helpful for you guys that love eating that way. If you've been curious about keto, why don't you try it out for two weeks? It's totally free. Check out prepdish.com slash Annie for a keto beginner's menu and to get your first two weeks for free. Again, that's prepdish.com slash Annie. Your first two weeks are so free. It's so free. So very free, you guys. Your first two weeks are free. This is a no-brainer. Again, that's prepdish.com slash Annie. At Lipscomb University, their online programs are shaped by a commitment to creating a better future. And with multiple undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs to choose from, you can define what that future looks like and earn the same academically rigorous degree you'd get on their campus all with the flexibility to fit your life. We know you're ready to lead, so pursue your goals and a better world at Lipscomb Online. Visit lipscomb.edu backslash online to learn more. That's L-I-P-S-C-O-M-B dot E-D-U slash online. And now back to the show. When you talk to your daughters in 20 years about Mm -hmm. winter what do you want them to remember about her yeah one i want them to because it's what's crazy is especially because it's like she left this world like really in her prime i mean she was just you'll never look at her life and not just see like this just the grandness of everything that god allowed her to do in life but i want them to know that she's just she was just a regular girl like winter was such a regular girl that just loved having fun she wasn't hard pressed like she was not a people pleaser at all mm-hmm. like at all which was the opposite of me um but one that i think that she was just a regular girl yeah um and that she loved them deeply which i don't think that'll be hard for me to remind them based mm-hmm. on all that we have um and they're all old enough that they that yeah that remember stuff they'll remember yeah yeah um and i think that regular girl thing is important because even as an adult woman i've learned that about my parents i remember yeah. a conversation with them like i don't know five years ago where i went like Oh yeah, before you were parents, you were people. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Winter was a person. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> before she was a mom, you know. Very much so. Like, so. She was just a regular girl and like mm-hmm. one of her one of the things she tried to tell girls, like our girls starting but then also just through all of her resources is that it's actually ordinary girls that do big things for God because right. all of us are ordinary. That's you know, right. so I think it, uh, what it does for them is it will take a level of pressure off of them to have to be like their mom because one yeah. they already like their mom and the regular girls i mean they all look like her they look just like her it's beautiful crazy. just in all different ways yeah and um well i don't want them to feel this pressure of having to be you know 
I just can't imagine like, you know, if you're Andy Downs' daughter, like it's like, oh my gosh, like I got to be that. But the mm-hmm. reality is Andy Downs was just Andy Downs. And that's she's right. still just Andy that's Downs. Right. So that's right. That's right. That's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. It's not a huge thing, but it's it's important to me. So. And it seems like so many women in your life have stepped into the girls' lives. Yeah. I mean, that's another one. Like uh, my oldest sister, I have three sisters. Two of them have three kids each and live in California. Well, my oldest sister lives in Jersey. She's never been married. She has no children. And she's been praying for years that God would give her a family. And so now, like, she literally, the day of the funeral, she goes, Jonathan, like, I feel like God told me, like, if you want me to be in da- in, uh, in Nashville, Dallas at the time, she, we didn't know where it was. If you need me, I'll be there. So I was just like, yeah, okay, thanks, Carmen. Like, appreciate you. But I just yeah. kind of, like, I'm, I'm a three. I'm like, I can do this. Like, I, honestly, the, the greatest emotion I had after Winter died was, I can do this. Like, I just forced yeah. myself to figure out how do I do this. But That's she, a lot of hair to figure out how to do, buddy. Oh my gosh, you have no <laughs> idea. So I was really naive in saying it yeah. or thinking it. And uh, so we came. We decided to come to Nashville, which was actually my oldest daughter's Yeah, because I was idea. about to say, did you have a moment where you went like, okay, do we even do this yeah, job like, at Church of the City or do we stay with our family yeah, in Dallas? I'm thinking to myself, I need to just talk to my girls and pray about this. Do I stay? I have a good job with Tony Evans. Like I'm mm-hmm. not leaving because I have to. I'm leaving because I feel like God's called me something, but should I just stay? And it was an easier life to kind of just sit back into. Yeah. And I'm talking to Alina, Alina about um, I guess maybe two days before the funeral, and she just says, "Daddy, like, are we still going to Nashville?" And I was like, "Well, we got to pray about it and talk about it as a family, just trying to be a good leader, you know." And she goes, "Daddy, she's like, mommy wanted to go to Nashville more than anybody, mm-hmm. and I, like, she's like, I, I think she would want us to go." And from that moment on, like, I just started to th- to kind of think and speak as if we were going. At the same time, Darren, my now boss, yeah. Darren's like, hey, like if you want me to, we'll figure it out. Like if you need all your stuff back in Dallas, like keep your stuff. We'll wow. get your stuff back. We'll sell your house. Like we'll we'll take care of it. We'll figure it out together. He's such a good leader. Yeah, and yeah. he says that, and he goes, but if you come, like you'll find a family that's ready to adopt you, like nothing you've ever seen. Yeah. And boy, has that happened. But really? back, yeah, back to my sister real quick. Um, Carmen tells me I'll come, and I'm like, I get here, and two weeks later, I'm like, oh wow, I think I need her. And yeah. so she moved in the. So week- you were like, move in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, Winter was praying for... Uh, she didn't tell me this until the week after we bought the house but um, and the week before she died, but she was praying for a six-bedroom house because she wanted a six-bedroom house. She, didn't, she just wanted it. And she just said she knew I would self-righteously judge her for praying for a six-bedroom house, which I would have, <laughs> but she didn't tell me. <clears throat> so anyway, now we have a house that fits all of my girls and I, plus my sister, and plus we still have space for people to come, and everybody wants to come because we've moved, sure. and we've lost our wife, mom, all that. So like... Anthony was with us yeah. the last two nights, actually. And, yeah. uh, I got to get him on the podcast. Uh, I love, love that it. guy. Oh, yeah. He cracks me up. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of fun. This is my ask for yeah. you to help me get Anthony oh, Evans on the podcast. I'll just text him. He'll do yeah, it in the heart. We got to do so. it. I think he's so great. He'll do it. Um, so anyway, Carmen moved in with me Labor Day weekend. And when I tell you that girl, one, like Winter would have never said that she was like a domesticated kind of woman. Like uh-huh. Winter would call me at four o'clock and be like, hey, babe, what's for dinner? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. And she goes, I guess Chick-fil-A, you're picking it yeah. up. You know, like that, that was winter. But, you're like, I'll text you the order. Right. And then you had to do it. So even in that, like I sense that winter was like negotiating with God because like my sister now, like I could not, pa- I'm pastoring, I'm traveling, I'm doing all these different things that God has called me to do right now. And my sister is a gem. Like she's cooking. She's helping me with carpool. She's doing all the things. And she's been praying for a family. Yeah. And now she has four surrogate daughters. Yes. And I have like literally a savior in and my sister because I could yeah. not have this life that I'm living without her and I wouldn't I can't imagine it without her now because she's yeah. just a part of our family and I love yeah. it yeah. I think for I think that's such an encouragement for single people mm. to go like pray for what you want yep 
and then open your eyes to what how God may answer that. Yeah. It may not look in a traditional fashion. Yeah. But God, he what I keep finding out about him is he always answers. Yeah. It just doesn't often 50-50 yeah. <laughs> look like I thought it would. Yeah, and that's I mean that's for singles or married folk whoever. Right. I mean cuz it's the same thing you you know like in marriage like people can kind of glamorize that, but it's a lot of hard work and it looks different than what you thought. Like yeah. my marriage with winter, it looked a lot different than I thought coming into it. Not like it, but it is a beautiful thing. Like watching my sister straight up live in the calling that God's put yeah. on her life right now. And I, look, my prayer is that she gets even her heart's desire in terms of a husband and a family. Yeah. But like at this point, like I'm watching her cry with my daughters, pray yeah. with my daughters, disciple my daughters, discipline my daughter, like do all those things. And I'm yeah. like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah. Like, and the girls love her. They already uh, loved her. Yeah. They already it, loved her. And, yeah. So like I can't think of anybody else that could come into that situation and just be already like, you know, like loving them, but then also on them because yeah. they're they're still girls that'll try to get away with stuff. You know? Yeah, still, yeah, yeah. So it's just fun to watch her just like just like dig into that life and it's it's amazing. Tell me what Church of the City has done for you as far as yeah. what it really looks like for the church to be family. It all happened so fast. Winter dies on a Tuesday. We bury her on a on a Saturday. Even trying to get here, like we, we, I wanted to get back because our house was here, our stuff was here. My girls had a week of camp in Texas. Right. So my girls go to camp, but even there's a and family. And they all were like, we're still going to go to camp. because They still wanted to go to camp. Yeah, and they go to camp. And it was them. a healing moment. Yeah. And then after camp, a guy from the church was like, I want to go pick them up. Flew, flew down there to pick us in up. In his He's plane. Like, in his plane. He's like, I, yeah. don't, I don't want them to have to figure out tickets and flying back and What's funny wow. is Winter was praying about how do we get our dog, our little Yorkie Poo Max, yeah. to, to, from Dallas to Nashville because he wasn't here yet, and he flew with us. You yeah. know, so it's even like the little things, you know. And so obviously that's like a, that's a one of the neater bigger ones. But we get there and we drive up. It's actually a video on Facebook, so I want people to know that uh, you've seen that video. We are going to link to it. it yeah, I it's, saw so many of my friends oh, in wow. the video. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's not our Tesla. So <laughs> I don't. The pastor's hey, not everybody. making Tesla money. <laughs> Um, but we pull up in this Tesla and there's literally, I don't know, at least tens, maybe a hundred. I don't know how many people. I can't oh, remember. Oh, at least a hundred. Yeah. yeah. There's several dozens of people there praying for us, cheering us on as we pull into the driveway. I mean, it looks like a parade. Yeah, it looks like a parade, a parade route. signs like welcome. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, there was another uh, girl that doesn't go to our church in Nashville that just lives in the community. But she literally had a group of women praying around our home. And now yeah. on my porch, if you come to my house, there are like probably 40 or 50 stones with prayers and messages written on them that will never leave my porch yeah. because they were praying around my house and yeah. just like, just going to war spiritual warfare for us on our behalf, like before yeah. we got there. And so the church has stepped in, they've done like home makeovers in my girl's rooms and our, we have, we live in a new house. So like in my mind, it was like, other oh, rooms are fine. Like we don't yeah. need anything. And they come in while we're, while we're at Christmas and literally paint the, the, the colors my girls want and just decorate and do all this stuff. They've done meals, they've done yeah. laundry, they've done, Everything that you can think of that would would be a burden to do while you're grieving, they've done yeah. it and let yeah. us just sit back and relax. And I'll forever be grateful. And it is the church being the church. It's yeah. everything that like, even like people that hate the church would want the church to be. Yeah, that's right. You know? That's exactly right. Yeah. What's it like to move your family into a predominantly white church? It's been different. I mean, we honestly like, because I, uh, so I worked for Tony Evans, who I ran his national radio ministry, which is super diverse. It's like the body of Christ. The totally. Listenership. But the context of Oak Cliff where we lived, it was probably... 80% African-American, 15% Hispanic, and 5% white or other, you know? Wow. So we've lived we lived in a very majority African-American context. I grew up in a town like Franklin, so I'm used okay. to I'm okay. used to Franklin. Um, but it's just been interesting. But it's like for me, like I grew up in it. My mom's white and German. My dad's oh, black. Okay. So I'm brown. So people can't tell what I am. <laughs> I think I'm Puerto Rican or Dominican or all kinds of stuff. Right. 
But uh, I've always wanted my girls in diversity. So we've always lived that life. Like we've yeah. always tried to get our girls around everybody. So, but it definitely is different. And uh, one, because the kids here, especially like in school, things like that, like they're touching their hair. Like the things that like I grew up kind of with that they've never yeah. experienced because yeah. everybody else looks like them as hair like theirs. Like now it's like a thing. Like it's like, oh, your hair is kind of soft, like touching it. Yeah, stuff like that. yeah, yeah. But it's kind of cute stuff. And yeah, uh, you know, honestly, like it's no different than having to shepherd your kids in any other thing that they're in, you know? Sure. So, but it's been... Neat for me because I've always felt called to reconciliation type stuff, like yeah. racial reconciliation. And so for me, like regardless of whether that's in the, the context of an African-American culture or a majority white culture or a mixed culture, like that's what I'm called to do. Yeah. So like it's it's great. What does it look like for me to be a part of racial reconciliation? I think it's trust and relationships. Like I think a lot of people have good intentions, but they have good intentions outside of trust and relationship. Okay. And so that even their good intentions can be perceived as, um, you know, people receiving it as either like they're tr like they like somebody's trying to be a hero to me. I don't need yeah. heroes in my life. They just yeah. want, they just need friendships. Like so right. for me, I, look that that answer. I'm not answering that theologically. That's just my experience. Is yeah, yeah. Everything well happens in relationship. Yeah. You know. So I would just say, seek out relationships. Yeah. Like in in if you if you <laughs> if you look for us hard enough, you'll find us. You know? <laughs> And I just, yeah, I think it's context relationship. Okay. Yeah. I just think it, it is, um, I've stayed quieter than I want to mm -hmm. because I don't want to look like a poser. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I want to learn how to really be a part of it yeah. and not just be a voice who has, who has a podcast that people go like, well, but does she really? Yeah. Or, and so I've stayed quieter. Honestly, it's a, it was part of my hope with winter living here. Yeah. As I was like, you know who will put up with my idiot questions? Winter Pitts. Well, it's funny. She will put up with that. You know, winter grew up in inner city Baltimore. Like yeah. if you've watched um, the show, The Wire, like yeah. literally like her neighborhood was like one of those neighborhoods. Wow. But she, uh, she basically took three city buses to get to the private school. She went to like this elite all girls private school wow. out, out in, uh, I guess it was in Baltimore County or it was on the edge of the city. And um, anyway, her experience is different than, like I grew up in a mixed home my parents are still married my mom's like German white blonde hair blue eyes my yeah. dad's black and so I grew up in where do they the, live they live now in California they just retired from New Jersey they moved to California with my one with of my your sisters, sisters yeah. yeah so my experience was having to figure this out in the context of like growing up in it and I've got black family I've got white family and, and they were a biracial couple in the 70s, 70s. yeah so wow. they put up with a lot of stuff yeah you know? and so anyway, my dad would always say, you know, somebody, you know, calls you a name, you say Pitts, nice to meet you. You know, it's like uh -huh. my dad had like this really like it's your responsibility to like to build relationships of trust with people, you know. So I, but that's that experience is different than Winters, but Winter and I both had this like she would say the same thing, like it's all about relationships. Yeah. Like cuz in relationship you can do and say things that you can't do or say outside a relationship. Yes. And I there's a lot of people that want to speak as if they have authority on a topic, and I don't care, they could be white, they could be black, they could be all kinds of stuff, but that doesn't mean they have authority just because right. they're a specific race. So I, I just think she would say the same thing as me. Like it's all in the context of relationship, like yeah. build healthy relationships. And then not only can you begin asking questions, but you can also receive the grace that you need, you know, in order yeah. to ask those questions. Yeah. And I think that's, that, that's a two way street. Yeah. It's a two way street. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. Twitter always wants all those of us that are write books or have a public thing yeah. to say everything we think. Yeah. And if you're not saying what you think, then you're probably not thinking. Right. And I always want to be like, Actually, I'm quiet because I'm trying to sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm quiet because I don't want to be unwise. Yeah. So I, I am. I would love all the help that you ever have for me to do this well. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to do it well. Like I'm, yeah. I don't think I'm. Cz an and I talk about it a lot. No, Cz's great. Isn't yeah, he, great? he and I talk about it a lot too. But, yeah, and he's mixed like me. Yeah, 
he grew up in a different environment. He grew up in North, I grew up in South Jersey. He grew up yeah. in North Jersey in a different, yeah. like, I think Orange or Newark. So even like our experience is different and we we, we probably have a little bit different of a nuance in how we handle racial stuff. It's just funny. Yeah. Like it's, everybody has where they've come from and their background yeah. as a part of it. So I'm no expert. But and now y'all are on staff together. Yeah, we are. Yeah. It's I mean, you're pastoring, you're in your home. Like, like hopefully most Christian fathers are pastoring their home in some degree, but you're mm-hmm. having to like do next level pastoring of your daughters right now yeah. in their grief and in their loss. And then you're also having the stresses of everyday pastoring. You know, what's funny though, when you say that, like even like pastoring my kids, like relationship is everything. So I've done some dumb things. I've said some dumb, dumb things the last six months. And the only thing that gives me the grace to continue to work with my girls and disciple them and even just like help them with their emotions is like relationship. So mm-hmm. like it's no different for like in your home than it is like the racial stuff. It's mm-hmm. all the same. Like relationship is everything. Like yeah. Build relationships, build trust, offer grace, be generous. Yeah. Um, give the benefit of the doubt. Like always give the benefit of the doubt. What's so. the best part about being a pastor is your profession. Well, right now I'm thinking about the worst thing. I know. I was going to go there too. I was going to go there too, but I was going to let you. I was, uh, I'm a seven. We're going to yeah. go positive first. Yeah, there we go. And then yeah. we're going to talk about why it's terrible. <laughs> I, I would say the best, like I've always had a heart to shepherd. Like that's mm-hmm. just been something I've wanted to do and be a part of. Like just like I do in home or I've done for like anything I've ever led. I'm shepherding my teams. Yeah. So I've wanted to do it in the context of the church and I haven't until now. I have in different roles, but not as a pastor. So yeah. this is my first role actually owning the role. Yeah. Um, but what I, I love being known, like I love, I love being known. And uh, for me, it's actually been another part of my healing. One of the things I love about Franklin is it's been part of my healing process is, you know, Darren put me up on the stage. Like really, I didn't even know I'd be on the stage. Like I thought I was executive yeah. pastor behind the scenes. Well, he's got me out in the front. And so I'm much more known than I ever have been. Mm. And feeling supported and known for me is like, it's critical to who I am. So I, yeah. lo- I love that. Um, I love people. So like, yeah. I love being around people, healthy people, not healthy people godly people not godly you know just i love being around people so i just love the energy of people and what can happen when people get together yeah and i've always felt called to it so i feel like yeah. i'm in my sweet spot what's the worst part people <laughs> <laughs> ain't it always the truth the yeah. kryptonite is the superpower i mean and i'm you know as a three like you know darren has this he i think he learned it from somebody else who's also a three yeah he, darren always gets on to me when i complain about male threes he's always like hey i'm yeah. a good person annie if oh, not man. me <laughs> I can't remember who told him this. Maybe it was uh, on typology. He learned this or somebody, a part of typology, but you're not what you do. You're not what you have and you're not what people think you are or something like that. Uh-huh. But like this reality of like the hardest thing for me is I own every bit. So I had a, a conversation with somebody today and accusations being heaped on me and I'm owning that like as a three, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm internalizing that. So mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing for me is like, trying not to internalize that at at some level and and taking it on as who I am, even though I know it's not who I am. You That's know? right. But it's hard. Like, it's hard, like, yeah, dealing with people's, like you and I were talking before, before we got on here, like this reality of like, you're getting heaved on you all these things that are coming with people's baggage and you don't yeah. know about their baggage. All you know yes. is what they show up with, but there's just lots of, there's lots behind that they're, that they're bringing to the party. Yeah. And as a pastor, your responsibility is to, to understand that and be patient in it. And it's really hard. Okay. So for people who go to church mm-hmm. and something happens at church where they get hurt, they're hurt by something a pastor says, Yep. they're hurt by, from a stage, something hurts their feelings in a conversation with a pastor or a leader. How do they go to that pastor but check their own baggage first? What does that look like to do that well, to go like, I want to talk to him or her mm. about that thing that just happened? Wisdom would say, check your baggage first. How do you do that? 
Well, one, I think it's first having healthy expectations of what you're expecting them to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's no different than like a, in a re- any relationship, like a marriage relationship. Like we come in with all these expectations of we expect what we expect the other to be. And so a pastor, mm. you expect him to be perfect and you expect yes. him to be The representation patient, and, of God. Yeah. yeah. And he's human. And he had kids that he was probably, you know, having words with that morning or yeah, whatever's sure, going on. Like sure. he's going through life just like you are. Um, so I think one is like understanding and having healthy expectations. Uh-huh. And then two, I think is just giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're, that they do have a, you know, if they haven't shown you otherwise, that they have your best interest at heart. That's right. If they've shown you otherwise, then maybe, trust it. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, yeah. but otherwise like just assume that they actually do care about you and your situation and mm-hmm. all that. So did I answer your question? Yes. That's okay. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I think walking into a situation going, if this person loves me, like they say they do. Yeah. How could we have gotten here? Yeah. And what what does that mean? The best trusting people are doing the best they can every day yeah. is the is the right way to go, I think, as well. I agree. And I also have found when I, I've been in one, two pretty painful situations where I was uh felt wounded by a pastor. Mm-hmm. And both times when I invited other people in mm-hmm. before not in a gossip way, but in a mentor way. I mean, I, I with one of them. I finished the conversation with the pastor that ended up going poorly. Mm. And I called my pastor in Atlanta and I said, he said this about me. Is this true? Mm. And he said, yeah, that is sometimes true. Now, here's how it should have been said to you versus what it was said to you. Right. And here's what I know being your pastor for your whole life versus what he knows being your pastor for a year. Yeah. And so I have found when you invite other people in, not in a gossip way, but in a, hey, this was said toward me and I experienced this. What would you say about yeah. me and this and what I should do? Yeah. Always has uh, tempered me. Yeah, and it can help you own what you should own and then release what you should yeah. release. Yeah, because yeah, the, d- the dude said, the dude was very serious about how selfish I was. Mm. So then I called my pastor. I'm like, do I, do, I, do I seriously, am I the most selfish person you know? And he was like, everyone has a bent towards something. Yeah. You probably have a bent toward that sometimes. Right. But how it was, yeah. I've also known you for, 30 years and you're way different than you used to be and and you are noticing it and you're checking it and yeah. and he's saying that out of context and blah 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 blah. But it was he didn't go, no, you're <laughs> never selfish. He was like, Yeah, that is a thing you need to keep wrestling with. Yeah. I love that, like inviting somebody in just to get yeah. a different perspective as well. Yeah. You know? But carefully doing it so that you're not you're like, This pastor yeah. said this. Yeah. Don't you hate him too? Or don't and, you hate her too? And hopefully somebody healthy. You know, yeah, not somebody that's, that's right. you know, unhealthy that just wants to, yeah, exactly. Speaking of that, how's counseling played into this season for you of grief with you and the girls? Yeah, well, another God story. Winter made friends with a woman named um, Sissy Goff, Goff, who is an absolute hero. Can you imagine a better person to counsel my girls than no. Sissy Goff? I can't imagine a better person to be on the planet than Sissy Goff yeah. to take care of teen girls. So Winter met Sissy, um, I think speaking, Lifeways kind of circuit, speak, yeah, doing some speaking. Right. And then Winter had Sissy on her podcast in, I want to say it was like uh, February or March of 2018. So just a few months before. And those shows are still up, right? We can link to it. Yeah, Yeah. leading leading girls. So I remember coming home from work that day and Winter saying, man, I could have listened to her talk for hours. Right. And so when when Winter passed, Sissy found out um, through another common friend and she basically offered to counsel our girls. And there was never another option. I didn't know Sissy at that point. And now like... 
She is literally one of my favorite people in Nashville. I know. And she counsels my girls every single week. And she at some level, she's a child therapist, but she counsels me at some level too. Yeah, and I, sure. I've had another counselor that I go to. So we've, we've gone, well, my girls have gone to weekly counseling. I've done less than weekly, but I also have a guy on my team that is basically a counselor as yep. well that doesn't yep. report to me. So it's like a healthy kind of situation yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that has been counseling, counseling me as well. Yeah. So it's been huge because it's um, allowed us, I think, a freedom to... Um, grieve and not have to put on the Christian face and, you know, Christian family, pastors, you know, that whole deal. So it's Mm -hmm. been good. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I would assume, but you know what that does to people, but I would assume that that has released some of the pressure off of you to counsel your daughters fully by yourself. Oh my gosh. I, one of the things I feel like I lack right now is winter gave me intuition on things that I'd never have my own. Like she was my intuition. So she'd she'd say, Jonathan, you're being hard on them or Jonathan, you're being soft on them. Like Mm. she'd be like, you don't let them talk to you like that. You know, that kind of thing. But I don't have any governor now. Like she was my governor. So my sister is doing that in some ways, but she can't fully be that like winter was obviously. So Sissy's been one of those people that I've been able to say, Hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And same thing that you said that your pastor was to you in that situation. Like Sissy's been that for me. Yeah. And I will always be grateful for it. I see that on our teaching team at Crosspoint because it's three men and me. Yeah. And every week we pray together before church. And I am the intuition. Wow. My female, where I can go, I I can feel the room. Yeah. They they sense other things. It's a very valuable team dynamic. It's one of the reasons I love being here on Sundays. It's awesome. Is that, and I can, a lot of times I go, yeah, it feels warmer yeah. in there. Or yeah, it feels like something is sideways. We need to wow. push in. And But I think it's part of the beauty of the mother voice and the father voice of God, yeah. both being true, is that we need that intuition that women offer, yeah. um, just like we need what men bring to the room as yeah. well. And so. that's where it's been cool to have a whole council because my sister's been amazing. She actually has her, her master's degree in uh, counseling. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so, Won't the Lord do it? Yeah. Won't he do so, it? So she, uh, and she's actually only not pursuing her license right now because she's helping me, which is the most yeah. selfless thing I've ever seen right. in my life. It's amazing. Um, but between her and Sissy, it's been yeah. been great. Yeah. So. One of my favorite things about the people who listen to this podcast, our friends on the other side of this, is we are, as a group, we are learning to pray. We're thinking about prayer. What can we pray for you and your girls when we listen to this or when, when you come to mind? Yeah. One, I'll say like, you know, I would say prayer matters in a cliche way before all this happened. Um, but I've experienced that prayer matters so much to me now and it's so significant. And I've had thousands, it's been beautiful because we have thousands of people praying for us. So many people. Yeah. But we need more. And I would say it's actually just, I think starting to settle in like our reality. Cause it's been such a, everything happens so fast. Right. We move, so for specifically for me, like the the reality of my wife's absence, like her not yeah. being here, my best friend not being here, every day settles in a little bit more. Yeah. So just that I feel like I'm healing well, but just that God would continue to heal me, but also um, just give me hope for the future, you know? And um, for my girls, like, I don't really know. Like whatever he brings to your mind, please do pray it for us. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know the specifics other than just continued hope. Because like the more, I think the further away we get from it, the easier it is to to understand the reality of what we've lost. Yeah. You know? So that leads me to an interesting moment where you could pastor us because when you say whatever comes to your mind, when you're praying and something comes to your mind, pray mm-hmm. whatever comes to your mind. Mm-hmm. Will you walk through when you're praying for someone and something comes to your mind, will you walk through what that means for us so that when we're praying and an idea pops in or a picture pops in, we'll know what to do with it? Yeah, I mean, I would say like a part of, 
most people think praying is talking to God, but prayer is actively talking to God and listening to God. Mm-hmm. So one, I would say just continue to open your mind more to like God actually speaking to you. Like I believe in a God that actually speaks yeah, to us and he speaks in pictures too. and he speaks in all kinds of different ways. Yep. So like just listen for him. And as I, I would say, as long as it doesn't disagree um, with his word, if it doesn't mm-hmm. agree, it does, if it doesn't disagree with the reality of who God is, yeah. then take it as likely a word from God yeah. and then act on it. Yeah. So um, That's I, why we need to know scripture, yeah? Yeah, yeah. through and through. Yeah. You know? And I think I... I used to really doubt I'd be praying for someone and I'd see a, a scene from a movie that I liked yeah. in my head come up or a book or something from my own history and I'd be like man I'm so distracted and then the Lord was like or yeah. I am I want you to remember that yeah. because I want you to pray that yeah. and so a lot of times now I kind of go like okay whatever comes to my mind while I'm praying I know my heart mm-hmm. and while I'm praying this picture comes to my mind or this story from my own life comes to my mind and I go okay God why that yeah Right. And I would actually say, because most people think you either can pray or you can't pray. And I think like anything else, prayer takes practice. Like, Come on. Just like my relationship with Winter, our conversations, like the more we did it and the more we got to yes. understand each other, the better we were at communicating. Like it's the same thing with God. Like I don't yes. think it's any different. So like practice even like, okay, say, say for example, God gives you something like that he wants you to share with somebody or tells you to do something that you might think is a little bit weird, but it's like, you feel like it, maybe it's God. Like just practice, like just yeah. see. It's a, and as long as it's not something that's going to hurt you or hurt somebody else, that's like, right. just practice. And that's right. I think you'll be like, you'll be surprised at what God actually yeah. does. With I've had some of those moments, um, even in the last couple of months where God's been like, do this or do that. And it's just yeah. like, okay, I'll do it. And you just never know like what God wants to do through it. Yeah. So. When I was in college, we did like a training on hearing God and, mm. and speaking into other people's lives, which would be the fancy Christian word is prophecy. But yeah. we, we were talking about like what, you know, if I'm on a college campus and I feel like I want to say, tell this person that God loves them, can I do yeah. that? Yeah. And one of the things they told us is no dates, no mates, no babies. Yeah. That's the things you don't do. You don't give <laughs> no them, dates, you're going to be, you're going to get married on this day or that guy's your husband or right. you're going to have eight kids. Like you don't do any of that. No That's dates, funny. no mates, no babies. Right. But just about anything else that is, and no, like you have a sin that God wants to deal with. It was yeah. never, hearing God for other people is always meant to encourage them, yeah. not to discourage so them. So I was at Starbucks in Franklin downtown and I was walking out on very Sunday Christian morning. Very Christian of you. Yeah, very Christian of me. Yeah. I'm heading out to, I got my co- get my coffee. I'm going to, go, I'm all the way to church. Mm-hmm. And there's a woman sitting on the bench as I exit and I get to my car and I feel like God told me to go tell her that God loves her. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not doing that. It's weird. She's <laughs> minding her own business. Right. And I get in my car. I'm literally trying to ignore the voice of God. And uh-huh. I turn the car on and he's like, you're not leaving. If you do, you're disobedient. You yes, know? So I, I know. Wa- I walk back in just to tell her that God loves her and I'm having a long conversation with her. She's it, trans, not homeless, but transient. Yeah. Um, issues with her son. Well, she ends up coming to church that Sunday. Uh-uh. Yeah, and praying with some other people on our team. I never saw her again, but she came to church that Sunday. Oh, and my gosh. Like, what if I would have not have turned, you know, not have turned around? Yeah. You know, it's just like, so anyway. Yeah. I That happened the other day at True Food where the, the waitress had a cut on her finger. Mm-hmm. And, I, and she just kept talking about it to me. And I was kind of like, Okay. And I kept noticing her. She yeah. wasn't complaining. She just was. And I was like, I should pray for her finger. Mm. And I was like, 0%. I'm <laughs> 0%. At 0% am I doing this? And I'm with Shannon Coward, who you know, uh-huh. the Cowards. Yeah. I'm with Shannon. And finally I go, Shannon, I'm sorry. I have to talk to her. I'm going to throw up. I was like, I know <laughs> this is disobedience if I don't do something. Yeah. So I've got to do something. Yeah. So I was like, hi, what's your name? I mean, it just got so awkward. But then yeah. it mattered to her and it ends up she goes to church here. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, that could have gone really yeah, bad if I would have walked away. <laughs> yes, one of my own people that I am one of the teaching pastors towards, right? Right. But yeah, I just think that it's such a gift when when people have done that for me. Yeah. When they've come up and gone, I don't 
I don't know if this is yeah. God, but I just want to say this one thing. Or I just saw this little picture when I looked at you. Or yeah. it just changes things. But absolutely. So, and when you're praying, and that same thing can happen when you are saying back to God what you see. Yep. Oh, I saw a picture of an army. God, would you make us an army? Wow. Would you, you know? Yeah. So when we pray for you and your girls, yeah. we'll also get to practice hearing God on yeah. behalf. Well, thank you for practicing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> using me as your, uh, using me as your. Uh, Whatever you call it, pawn. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> not a pawn. That made it sound negative. Yeah, it's not negative. <laughs> We're not playing a game, Jonathan, <laughs> with you, with your life. But yes, may, maybe a, a practice round. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. I think there's such freedom when we teach people the disciplines of our faith yeah. as practices. Yeah. Sabbath is a discipline we should do, but practice it. Yeah. Prayer is a discipline, but practice it. Yeah, Fasting is a discipline, but practice it. It's not going to feel easy when you start. It's not going to, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay, so emptied. Mm-hmm. Is the book y'all wrote, is this for people who are already married? Is it for people who want to get married? We actually, we, so we wrote it and we had one couple in mind, which was a couple that we kind of mentored that were about two years into marriage. Yeah. So it's, I think it hits well for people that are early on in marriage or people that are thinking yeah. about getting married. But most of the feedback I've gotten has been from people that are in marriage and okay. they just want their marriage to be better yeah. and healthier. Yeah. And so I've been surprised. Great I, resource. I've never thought any, I don't, you know, I'm this guy, I'm kind of a skeptic. I'm like, Somebody gonna want to read our stories? You know? Yeah, People yeah. Actually, enjoy reading them. So I've been, honored. I've been blessed by that. Yeah. You know, just well, that. I've so. not finished it, but I've worked it, worked on it, and I've, I have enjoyed it. I, lo- I mean, I also think for any of us that want to get married, it's like learn everything you can learn. Come yeah. in there as healthy well, as possible. And we take the perspective of we're not, we're not trying to teach you first. We're trying to identify with you. Which mm. I mean, like honestly, like I, there's a story in there where I tell Winter, like we're 21 years old, we're in college. Yeah. We're engaged or almost engaged. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and I say to Winter, hey, babe, it's really going to be hard for me to love you if you ever gain weight. And thankfully, Winter was as like not a people pleaser. She just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I don't remember what she said, but it wasn't kind. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, I, you know, I'd built up this image of what I wanted in my yeah. marriage. And yeah. one, it was insane because she was this tiny little beautiful girl. Like even the, the like I had this picture in my head of something that wasn't even in the realm of possibility. But yeah. Either way, like it was it was a horrible first foot forward for me and sure. it built like this distrust in our marriage that lasted for years that I had wow. to do something about, you know? Yeah. And so like, we just tell real stories and I think yeah. people have been there like uh, for the guys listening on here, I'm sure yeah. there's some guys either said that or they thought that. Yeah. 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 And some wives that have heard that. Yeah. You know? So we just talk about how we dealt with that biblically yeah. and just tell lots of stories, both of us, things, expectations we had that were unhealthy, yeah. whatever. So. Wow. Perfect. Thank you. We will make sure everybody knows how to find it. It feels like a great thing for a husband and wife to kind of sit down and go through together. And I love books that are outlined really well. And so each chapter has a lot of do this and then do this, do this and do this. And it's two, it's three parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three parts, 19 chapters. So that's, a, that's about what, a third of a year. Do that for a couple of months. If you do a chapter a week with yeah. your people. Yeah. Or just sit and read the whole thing. So, um, well, thank you for writing it. And I can't imagine the process of choosing to publish it. Yeah. Um, It wasn't, it was never a question for me. Really? Because if I get angry at God for anything, it's probably for robbing the world of winter. Like I, I got 15 years with her and I'm thankful for those. Like, it's not about me. Like I, I literally, like she was just coming into her prime she was just, I mean, right here in this building, she yes. preached her last message, which we showed at her funeral. Yes, that's And right. only a few months before she died, which is crazy. Yeah. But she was just coming into her prime. And I'm just like, God, like, why would you, you know? So like for me, like, 
I'm just glad that it's not the end for her here. Like people are still like little girls all over the world, yes. all over this country. Families are getting to know Winter through her writings. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for that. But that's yeah. probably, if I'm being honest, like kind of one of the things I'm annoyed at God yeah, for. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, that is all very fair. And we can still follow for girls like you on Instagram. Yeah. As yeah. the ministry keeps going. Yeah. Her magazine is kind of taken on a life of its own. It's yeah. the brand. It's what's beautiful is that Winter built a brand and a ministry that kind of outlived her. And it's yeah. just growing even in her passing, yeah. which is amazing. So I love yeah. it. Um, okay. So tell me, I don't know how much you get to think about this in your current life, but I would like for you to, what do y'all do for fun? What sounds fun to you and your girls? Yeah. Fun to me is either golf or travel. Like I'm a okay. big time golfer. I don't golf as much as I'd like to now just because my girls and just yeah. you know, all that's happened. But any round of golf without a cell phone, with a friend yeah. is like the, the most enjoyable time I have by myself with my girls. It's travel. Like yeah. it's the beach, um, you know, for winter and I, like, I, like the best, our last big vacation together was Maui. Oh yeah. You know, so like a beach in Maui, just a peaceful place. Like yeah. I just, I love travel and winter love travel. She traveled yeah. a lot more than I did. Yeah. Um, but travel and golf. Okay. But, yeah. Good answers. Fun. I love it. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, thank you for being on the show. Glad to be on. I'm really grateful that you live here. I'm glad to be your friend. And um, I'm I'm thankful that you were willing to come and, and tell this story. I hope I hope people um, get the books and get encouraged and feel like they're friends with you now too. Well, I appreciate you trusting me to speak to your people. Yeah, so, come on, of course. Yeah, love it. Well, here's the truth, friends. I don't know how to outro this one. I don't know how to tell you at the end of that conversation what should be next, but I think you know. So... Whatever is on your heart for Jonathan and his girls, um, pray that and thank God for him and, and for Winter, my friend. And she was a friend to so many of us. And I'm, I'm just really grateful for her and for Jonathan and their book, Emptied, Experiencing the Fullness of a Poured Out Marriage. I hope you will grab a copy of that. And again, if you have a teenage daughter, there is a really great magazine that is called For Girls Like You. You can head to forgirlslikeyou.com and get a subscription for your teen girl. And make sure you give Jonathan a follow on Instagram, on Twitter, all the places, and tell him thanks for being on the show and whatever else comes to your mind when you think of him and want to thank him. We are really grateful that he made time for that today for us. Hey, if you need anything from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. As always, Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And if this conversation mattered to you and you want to share it with a friend or with your social media, that would be really awesome. We'd love to have more people get to know Jonathan and Winter's story. Thank you guys for joining us today. Now go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Hug the people you love, and we will see you on Thursday. <laughs>